welcome to this episode of How To Be Bold. If you're anything like me, you absolutely devour interviews with ambitious and successful women. And I'm always interested to know what their secret is. Is it getting up at 5am and working their ass off or sometimes just sheer luck? It is, of course, different things for different people. But one trait has stood out to me that all the women I admire possess. They're bold. I'm Emma Dean and I'm going to be exploring how to be bold with women who, for me, epitomise that very word. Whether going for a promotion, leaving a secure job to pursue a dream career, overcoming a trauma or standing up for themselves or others. In their careers and professional lives, they've taken risks, been confident and courageous. And we've all had times when we've looked back on a situation and wished, if only I'd been more bold. So we'll be exploring those times too and what we can learn from them. In this episode of How To Be Bold, I'm going to be talking to Ruth Nye. After graduating from Trinity College Dublin, Ruth joined Lehman Brothers the week the bank imploded. But you can't keep a good woman down, and so after her brief stint as an investment banker, she specialised in marketing, launching everything from computer games to aeroplanes. She is a Marketing Academy scholar, and in 2017, Women in Advertising and Creative London awarded her their Future Leader Award. She is fascinated by psychology and what drives behaviour, something she has gained more experience in than she ever thought possible, with the arrival of her two children and her qualification in life coaching. Ruth is joining us on How To Be Bold to talk about her latest brainchild, the Bumblebee Collective, a hive for curious minds bringing together the interested and the interesting. So I guess before we kind of talk about the Bumblebee Collective and, and why you started that up, I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about your career to date and what's led you to where you are now. So I always wanted to be a doctor. I think a, a lot of people start out like this and then discover they're really bad with blood or with chemistry. And um, for me, I had a bit of an intervention in school when this amazing woman came in on one of our careers days. And she was wearing this old blue power suit and she looked amazing. And she was marketing for Red Bull, which at the time I think had only really just launched or come to the UK. And I just remember her talking about her job in marketing and how what she did allowed the brand to be, you know, essentially said, this is just a pretty basic product. It's what we do that allows it to be sold at such a premium. And I just thought that was so fascinating, the layers that she was adding to, uh, to this product to make people really want to connect with it. And I'd always been interested in, you know, people's behavior and what drives people to do what they do. And really, that's what kind of led me on the road to, to marketing. Um, so the whole doctor idea went quite quickly out the window when I realized I probably wouldn't be able to wear a power suit as cool as that one. Um, down the theater and I decided to switch from chemistry to business studies and I went to Trinity College Dublin which was fantastic had an amazing time there studying business economics and sociology and my first job probably not that traditional bearing in mind I was kind of making an angle for a marketing role ultimately um, was at uh, Lehman Brothers the bank because Frankly, they came, they did the milk ground and they were dangling, you know, nice starter graduate salaries in front of my nose. I thought, well, maybe I could do some marketing within Lehman Brothers and take that nice paycheck, um, which was great. But the paycheck only lasted about five days because I joined the bank the week it imploded. 
Yeah, and I mean, how how did you come back from that? Because you, I mean, obviously at that point you think you've done everything right, you've got your degree, you've uh, secured what I imagine is a really competitive job to have gotten into. They were the best of the best at the time. And then you're back to square one, right? Yeah, um, it all happened on the Saturday. I discovered that we, you know, that Lehman was filing for Chapter 11. And um, my first thoughts was, I'm not going to return those new boots I just bought because I really love them. <laughs> so I got to get another job. And, uh, and I just kind of dove straight in. I mean, in some respects, I was incredibly unlucky, you know, to have this job that I'd flown over and back from Dublin like five times through all these rounds of interviews. And it crumbled the first week I arrived. But in other respects, I was really lucky in that I was the first of some of the biggies to fall. So actually, I was kind of uh, had a head start on the kind of tsunami that was coming after me because we, we were the first to fall. And so I got another job straight away and um, doing some financial analysis. Um, and I really hated it. Um, but I kept the boots. And I decided to regroup for the next year and apply for, you know, the, the big blue chip graduate programs. And this time I thought, no, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to go for marketing because that is really what I want to do. And I joined Chime Communications on their graduate scheme and had a fantastic, you know, seven or eight year career through Chime. I did um, public affairs, which was brand new to me. And during the election time, I launched everything from kind of yogurt pots to aeroplanes. I ended up kind of specializing in um, PR and communications. And within that field, I did a lot of crisis, crisis comms, which was really, really high energy, high octane, quite addictive. And I really loved it. And I just threw everything at it. But ultimately, you know, I had to throw so, so much at it. It was incredibly unpredictable. I was really great at it, but I don't think it was really great for me. And when I married, when I married my husband, James, and we started a family, I just thought this was probably the worst career path I could have picked, knowing that I wanted to start a family. So um, we had our first child three and a half years ago, and it was a chance for me to kind of stop and think about what, what was going to work for me, what was going to make me really happy, bring me closer to kind of stuff that gave me energy rather than just drained it and stressed and, and gave me anxiety, and what was going to work for us as a, as a family as a whole. And that's when I decided to just go for it and start up on my own. So I've created Bumblebee Collective which is a high for curious minds, but really it's just a platform for me to do all the stuff I love. It's bringing people together, teaching people new things, sharing stories. I've retrained to become a life coach so I can do my life coaching through it and I can still do my marketing consulting, which is still my first love. You're a, a, a multi-hyphenate in reality. I know a lot of people kind of are, are talking about it right now and aspiring to it, but it sounds like actually having slightly kind of um, disparate roles all within kind of PR and marketing over kind of a decade or so all have led up to you being able to cherry pick the bits that you absolutely love and make sense to you and be able to apply them kind of in a very specific way but that's personal to you? Yeah I think this kind of multi-hyphen and kind of flashies and all of these new terms that are coming out for people having kind of portfolio careers um, it wasn't specifically by design. Like I said, I really just thought I'm going to take this opportunity to do something that feeds me and gives me energy. And I get energy from different things. 
And so I just thought I can kind of have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and make it all kind of work, work together. Because even though marketing and life coaching and kind of inspirational events are all kind of different disciplines, but it's all about connecting people and what make people what makes people tick that's the kind of commonality through all of them and my dad has always said you know a change is as good as a break so even though it's quite frantic and I'm going from one thing to another because I'm doing slightly different things I kind of find that that still works and I don't get exhausted or burnt out to the points where I have been in kind of previous careers when I was doing the one main job 24 7. And I think there's definitely something about not being afraid of going for that change. I think there's, um, there seems to be this uh, kind of this myth that, you know, if you've built up a career um, over kind of 10, 15 years, then it's somehow a bit of a failure to then kind of do completely switch and do something else or to retrain um, rather than kind of progress and progress and progress in that one area or actually I think it makes total sense that especially if you go away and you have a family and it gives you some kind of breathing space, as I say, to kind of pick the bits of your career to date that you absolutely love and zone in on them or just seek out an entirely new challenge. I think actually this is all a positive, right? This, this shouldn't be seen as something that is a failure or that you're kind of admitting defeat to not going back to what was your kind of once traditional role. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think um, the way we look at failure now as a society is is changing a lot. And I think that's because people are talking and sharing kind of their stumbling points and people are becoming a little less afraid of them and kind of leaning into those challenges. And I think being becoming a mum, it gives you a really, really strong sense of clarity in terms of if I'm going to be doing this I've got to make it work for all of us and I think it gives great sense of clarity in terms of what is most important and you know I've never been more productive those hours away from the kids I smash things I really make them count and I don't think I've got the patience anymore to be doing something that I don't really like so being a working mom has definitely has its challenges but it's also a really really amazing reflection point that you know you have to be quite specific in your career if you're not becoming a parent to really seek out those points and they absolutely exist, but you have to be very purposeful in taking those reflection points. And, um, and I think only good things come from when you kind of stop and take stock and about what really makes you happy. Do you think there was anything that kind of your, your previous employer or just the sector generally could have done to make it more attractive for you to go back and do that? career and that, that sort of role after um, having your kids or was it just this was never really going to kind of be a good fit for where I am now um, and there wasn't really anything that they could have specifically changed? I think creative agencies and the whole agency model is, is a really complicated one and it's not just media and marketing it's across all professions you know the challenge of retaining women and um, when I look you know, I had a great employer. They were great to me. They promoted me well. I was great to them. I won them loads of clients. And I worked really hard. Um, but I just feel like it had run its course. And I didn't feel like I could work the way I had been working again after having children just because I threw everything at it. And whilst I was prepared to kind of throw my whole self into it, it's a different, it's a different ball game now. I can't throw myself and all the kids under the train as well when I kind of just cancel everything 
and make you know that particular crisis my absolute priority whether it's morning noon or night christmas day or whatever um so i think that particular niche i was in is quite a challenging one for retaining for retaining talent but generally things are changing in, in the kind of media landscape and the creative agency landscape there's some amazing new collectives that are starting up i'm doing some work with one called the form break collective who was run by um, one of my old bosses and my mentors, Amelia Tarode, and her business partner, Sarah Miller. And they're just saying people and the best people don't want to work in the way that agencies have been dictating them to work. They want to work more flexibly. They want to have more autonomy over their creation. And they want to be able to, to do different things and work for a way that works them. And I think it's about satisfying those people and acknowledging that people want to work differently and just being brave and and going for it and and if you can create an environment where they can do that then everyone will be doing greater work and so I think we're seeing a big change definitely and you've got a big event coming up at the end of November don't you um do you want to talk a little bit about what people can expect from your ultimate Sunday yeah so the Bumblebee Collective we're having our very first event um at the end of the month um And I think when you start a business, it probably makes sense to kind of start small. You know, I could have done a creative workshop and maybe a bake sale, but I've gone completely over the other way. It is a whole takeover of uh, a huge barn and an entire farmhouse out in Hertfordshire. We've got 15 speakers. We've got eight creatives. It's not a bake sale. I've bought an entire longhorn cow that we're going to be doing a special farmer's roast with. So I've really kind of gone for it. And it's going to be amazing. So it's called the ultimate Sunday and it's everything that a great Sunday should be. It is, you know, really great conversation. So I've got 15 friends of mine coming to speak on all elements of what they do. Um, so we've got the head of news for number 10 kind of doing a front of paper review. We've got um, an artist that produces work for the likes of Damien Hurst and the other young British artists. We've got a fashion section with a friend of mine who has a tailoring business and um, she's just set out on her by herself after being with Burberry um, and she's paired up with some other amazing designers and tailors on the fashion panel. We've got a food for thought panel where we've got the farmer to produce that beef and the inventor of vodka from milk and um, that's black cow vodka coming to talk about um, you know food and the and the and the ethos behind producing food in a sustainable way. So it's one hell of a showcase and it's all happening at the farmhouse at Redcoats, which is our other family business. And my husband runs this business and uh, we took over a 500-year-old farmhouse about a year and a half ago. And it's set in just the most beautiful countryside, um, but we're just half an hour from London. So I would really encourage anyone that wants to kind of take a breather, absorb new things, learn new things. We've got creative workshops, photography, wreath making going on come and eat drink and just listen and connect with people it's a kind of a day to kind of take back your Sunday and and uh and kind of revive revive your senses I'm really looking forward to it I think it will be amazing and the the agenda for the day just looks just looks fantastic and to say fantastic speakers I can just imagine just how kind of cozy and autumnal it's going to be as well and I'm looking forward to meeting lots of new people um so Brilliant. if people did want to come along how would they go about getting some tickets uh, so if you want to come along, if you just go to www.bumblebeecollective.co.uk um, or find us on Instagram, Bumblebee Collective, and you'll be able to get tickets from there. 
Fantastic. I am loving your Instagram account as well. I feel really kind of soothed whenever I look at it. All of the content looks just so lovely. So yeah, I'm very, very excited. Um, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you what I'm asking kind of all my guests uh, on the podcast. What does being bold mean to you? So being bold to me just means going for gold. So taking that leap of faith, not taking the easy route, and just throwing yourself into something you love. It's going off piste and it's being different. And in some cases, it's kind of carving out your own path. And so that to me is what being, what being bold is. But to kind of, to, in order to do that, you know, you have to find a huge sense of, of courage to, to go there. And um, you need to be really authentic to yourself and you've got to be completely unfiltered. And that takes a huge amount of vulnerability. And I guess for you, starting something like the Bumblebee Collective is a really great example of you being bold. You could have gone back to your well-established job where you were absolutely nailing it. As you said, you were, you know, rising through the ranks and you were very much esteemed by your colleagues, but you took a risk and you started something entirely new. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. It's kind of that reflection point. I just thought that now's the time for me to do something that is really right for me. And it's not easy to put into one box. So I'm just going to make my own little kind of tower of boxes of the things that I love to do. Yeah, I think people were surprised when I didn't go back to my career because it was such a big defining thing for me and a huge sense of my identity wrapped up in it. But for me, there's just no question. You know, this is really hard. And it's like everyday hustling and going out for yourself and having to talk about yourself. I mean, I've spoken about brands and I've been doing that for my whole career but to kind of really be kind of talking about yourself and what you're doing is really different but I'm loving it and I'm just enjoying the ride so far yeah you can definitely tell um kind of the enthusiasm that you have for your kind of new project and, and the way that that kind of emanates out of kind of the creator content and um, that you're producing yeah you can definitely tell that you're you're really enjoying kind of this new chapter in your career on the topic of kind of being bold is, has there been a kind of a situation where You've looked back and you thought, oh gosh, I wish I'd handled it a little bit differently or um, I wish I'd kind of maybe been a bit kind of more outspoken or just challenged things in a different way. I've always been pretty kind of assertive. I've been quite good at kind of, I've got a quick wit. I can stand my own ground and I feel that I am quite bold. Um, but I'm also an amazing actress because a lot of this underneath it all is, you know, I'm a real worrier. And, you know, I get concerned about these things and I do totally sweat the small stuff. So I feel that I put on a really good act. And so for me now, it's really just about being kind of true to myself and what is really being bold and what's really right for me, rather than just looking at through a filter of what everyone thinks and perceives of me. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes total sense. And I think um, being a great actress is something that a lot of us probably feel as you know you build as you go through your career you build up the ability to be able to put on a bit of a front and be able to handle situations in the moment and come across as being quite you know put together but it's that kind of swan analogy right you know it's all very graceful on the on the outside but inside you're kind of you know kicking your legs and swimming like hell absolutely and I think that's what made you know what made everyone think I was such a great fit for crisis communications because I could swim like a swan um, but yeah, I was always completely flapping away underneath. And, um, and I just feel that, 
you know, you can't keep up. We're all going to be working forever. I can't keep up that, that act forever. I need to do what really does make me happy and doesn't fill me with anxiety. Almost final question from me. Um, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? I was incredibly lucky to be on the Marketing Academy program, which is a leadership development program for marketing leaders for the future. And through that, I had just the most amazing suite of mentors. So the likes of Silla Snowball, um, Emma Harris, Mark Evans, like these real leaders of the industry. And I've taken some amazing gems from them. But I think when I get myself into a situation where I need to kind of really dig deep and think about, right, my back's against the wall here. What is the best thing I can do? I always come back to um, my favorite poem. It was my mom's favorite poem, which is a really, really common one. Um, it's loved by so many, and that's If by Rudyard Kipling. Mm, yeah. I love that poem. To me, it just, it just says it all, absolutely says it all. Um, you know, it was read at my niece's naming day. It was at our son's christening. Um, and to me, that just has all the advice you, you could ever want. You know, you know, if you can keep your head when all about, when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, that's kind of like, you know, trusting in yourself and not reacting and keeping, keeping cool. And if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, I love that one. And that's something I, you know, through my coaching, you have to become really self-aware and aware of, of, of how you respond to reactions. And um, I'm a bit of a personality test junkie, a bit like Dolly Alderton, who I know was just writing about it um, in, her, in her column. Um, but I, I know my personality type is I am very aware of how people perceive me, um, whether they view me as a triumph or whether they view me as a disaster. And the reality is, is that I'm, I'm absolutely both, um, mainly at the same time. So it's about trying not to read too much into those highs or trying not to read too much into those lows. You know, not reading that email from your boss that said you did a killer job 10 times and then reading the one where they said you could have done better 15 or 20 times. Yeah. You know, it's about kind of realizing that there's highs and lows. It's only a moment and it's not about what other people think of me. It's about what you think of yourself. Yeah, that's such good advice. And again, I think we were all guilty of doing that. We... We remember when we dwell on the negatives or the times that have been made to feel not so great about ourselves and you forget that kind of self-love and actually the, the positivity that colleagues and friends often share with you. And there's that thing, isn't there, about, you know, if you treat yourself in the way that you treat your best friend in terms of how you think about them and that the, um, the advice you'd give to them and the uh, compliments you'd give to them, if you give them to yourself, you'd probably feel a hundred times better than you probably do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about, it's about those people. It's about the people that you surround yourself with that, that really allow you to shine and be your best version of yourself. You know, I'm so lucky to have an amazing younger sister. Um, she's like my ultimate hype woman. You know, she really does think that everything that comes out of my mouth is golden. I mean, God love her. Um, but she's always supporting me. She's championing me all the time. And she's doing amazing things in her own world, kind of being really bold. Um, and also just amazing friends that, and, and, you know, an amazing husband that just kind of encouraged me to have a little faith and to be bolder. Um, and they really kind of inspire me to be, to be bold. Um, you know, it's all down to them. That's so great. Absolute final question. A little bit of a silly one. Yeah. Uh, do you still have the boots that you bought at the very beginning of your <laughs> 
I do, and it's boot season, so that's those oh, bad boys really? making a reappearance. I do, I do. I love those brown leather boots with, you know, all my heart. And I mean, they've got a lot to answer for, but I'm really pleased I never returned them. Definitely. <laughs> that's it for this episode of How to Be Bold. Thank you to Ruth for joining me. And remember, you can get your tickets for the Bumblebee Collective's Ultimate Sunday by visiting bumblebeecollective.uk. We have some equally fantastic women joining me over the next few weeks, so I do hope you'll listen in again. And I'd really love to hear from you. If you've got any feedback, please do rate and leave a review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at howtobebold. So that just leaves me to say thank you for listening in, and till next time. <laughs>